Welcome to the Dermatology Podcast, the official podcast of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. I'm Christopher Horskamp. And I'm Cecilia Mitwash. And we are your hosts. Hydrodenitis suppurativa. We know it's a painful condition that causes scarring to the skin. In many cases, those scars go much, much deeper. Dermatologists who treat this condition know this very well. If a patient does not experience an improvement from a t- treatment, there is no effect. That was Bente Willemsen, patient advocate for this condition. This week she speaks with EADV's Professor Christoph Zublis about treating the condition and treating the patient. But first... The EADV has launched a new open-access journal, JEADV Clinical Practice, featuring clinically-orientated and cutting-edge educational content with patient care at the heart of the journal's mission. It's the go-to resource for anyone looking to stay up-to-date with the management of skin and venereal diseases. The journal welcomes various types of research with an internationally recognized editorial board. It promises an easy publication process, so it's a perfect journal with which to kickstart your academic publishing record. Learn more at eadv.org. Professor Christoph Zublis is the director of the Department of Dermatology in Dessau, Germany, and the president of the European Hydrodenitis Suppurative Association. He will be interviewing Ms. Bente Willemsen, president of the Patient Foreningen HS Denmark. Let's turn it over to them. Dear colleagues, dear patients, uh, today I have the big uh, happiness to have with me the patient representative on Interdenite Superativa, Mrs. Willumsen from Denmark. Interdenite Superativa is uh, a very severe disease, potentially very severe disease that has introduced in dermatology in the last 15 years. Uh, it's a disease with uh, uh, inflammatory lesions uh, at the Uh, faults of the skin, uh, where also uh, uh, apocrine glands are very rich. Actually, it's a disease of the terminal herforental, and this is why it manifests mostly in axillary inguinal and tenogenital region. Uh, It is, as I said again, a very severe disease that uh, influences uh, very strongly the quality of life of the patients, probably the disease that mostly affects uh, quality of life for patients uh, among the dermatological diseases. And we have just started to have dra- uh, treatments for that. Uh, classically, we have surgery. And since uh, some years, we have one biologic. And we hope through the huge development in the research occurring in the last years that other drugs uh, will be introduced. However, until this will happen, uh, we have the life of patients. And this is why uh, I'm very glad that uh, Mrs. Willowson uh, will inform us how is the journey of a patient with this very severe dermatological disease. So welcome, uh, Mrs. Willowson. Uh, I would like to ask first, uh, what is the mission of the patient advocacy? You are a person who supports patients much better than a physician can. Uh, so how do you think is the role of the physician and how do you think it's your role and the role of patient representatives. Yes, thank you. And thank you for having me today uh, to talk uh, for the patients. Um, I think uh, both the physician and the patient advocacy and the patient community are very important for the patient. 
uh, of course, we all seek treatment and we want our disease to be minimized as much as possible. But the patient's uh, organizations and the patient community can support the patient uh, not feeling so alone because with hydrodenitis operativa, it's a very lonely disease. You don't talk to people about it. So it's important to know that you're not alone and it's important to know that there is treatment and to, to support each other in seeking treatment for the disease. Thank you so much. This is a very important task. Um, what are the challenges that the patients uh, get confronted uh, at the moment, at least, where we don't have too many treatments? And uh, what do you think the opportunities for a patient are through the new developments? Yes, there is very little knowledge uh, around uh, about hydrodenitis operativa. So very often patients don't know what it is they have, and it may take quite a while before they seek um, a physician and see a physician for it in the beginning. And then very often at the general protection, they are met with very little knowledge. And often this is stigmatizing and, and they're often blamed for being sick because it's, uh, it's not a very nice disease to look at either. So very often a uh, the, the, the physician doesn't know there is treatment and they are not really able to pay, help the patient. So it may take very long time to get the diagnose and, and uh, reach treatment. Um, so I think that's one of, uh, one of the basic challenges we have. There is very, very little awareness and that's why awareness is why one of our first priorities as a patient community. So you put the point of awareness as one of the most important points. And of course, you and other patient representatives are in the center of this field. So how is your day as a patient representative? How much time uh, does this activity take from your daily life? Of course, you're a professional and you have a family. So how you can try to put all this together? Yes, it's always a challenge for me personally because I have a full-time job, uh, a little more than full-time job, and I have my family. Um, so... It's always something you put in in the evenings and weekends and, and sometimes it may be necessary to take off uh, time during my work day for it as well because we work with professionals and as long as we work with advocacy, it's often uh, politicians or uh, consultants or uh, physicians that have this as their job. So I have to take time out from my my work day, but most of it is placed in the evening and the weekends. But it does take time, of course it does. And many of us are challenged because HS is a disease that you usually have from your teenage or after puberty years and uh, before menopause for us women. So that's the, the, the years where you're supposed to actually work. So that is really a challenge to find the time and also to find the, the time to be sick. Thank you. Uh, I am Professor uh, Dr. Christoph Zubulis from the South Germany and I'm in discussion with uh, the most prominent patient representative for Indradenite Superativa, uh, Mrs. Philumsen from Denmark. Uh, usually when we discuss about successes, we have to give examples, personalized examples. This is what people mostly understand. So first, uh, I would like to ask you how you can count from your side the success of advocacy, how you can count your work, the success of your work. 
And the second, I would be very glad if you give us an example of such a success story. For me, the, the greatest success is when we make a diff real difference for real people. I know that when I reach out uh, and when we increase awareness, it will make a difference for real patients who will have easier access and who will get to know what it is actually that hit them. So it will make a difference in people's life. And that's what really counts for me. And that's what keeps me going as a patient advo advocate. We have made a lot of things. Uh, and I, what is really challenging for me is, for example, videos where I'm telling about my disease. It's very private and it's, it's always a challenge to be public that way. I never really wanted to, but I know I have to. I think the most important uh, piece of material we've made until now is our red brochure, as we call it, Knowledge About HS. Uh, we made it after the EHSF had, had their meeting in Copenhagen in 2017 through interviews with specialists and with me. We made a brochure with uh, a lot of scientific stuff explained for patients and the patient perspective on the same topics. It's been translated to several languages um, and uh, it is very popular among patients. We keep reprinting it because people really want it. The European Interodenitis Superativa Foundation is proud to have your production, your work in different languages on the website. So patients and physicians, of course, can read it. Give us an example, give us a without giving, of course, the name, data protection, an example of a patient that you know that was uh, got a lot of help from the patient representatives. Give us such a personal success story, please. In one of our in-person meetings, uh, during the break, I was approached by a woman who, um, she took my hand, she grabbed my hand and said, you saved my life. And I was like, what happened? And actually, it was through our written material she had learned what actually she had because her, her life was uh, very much impacted by HS. She was in pain and she didn't know what she had. And because HS is so unpredictable, it always impacts our lives in a lot of ways. It always, it always flares when you, when you need it the most not to flare. It always flares before you're, when you're going on a holiday or for a job interview or something important, then you're sure your HS will flare. So it's really something that holds back people from doing the things they want to do in their life. And she said, after she had met our material, she, she found out what it was she had and she had gone to her GP and insisted that this was actually a disease and it could be treated and she was, um, she was sent to a dermatologist and got the help. She, and she, her disease was so much more under control now. So it's, that's, that kind of story always warms my heart. Very important stories. This is exactly the patients that we cannot reach because usually we start working with patients if other physicians send us the patients. And the role of the patient representative groups uh, are very important exactly in this canalization of the quicker way to reach a specialized physician. And just discussing this, we come to another issue which is very important. Uh, until some years ago, there were totally separated ways, physicians alone, patient representatives alone. We did not have any connections. The EADV has initiated uh, a very good activity where you have participated. 
in having the patients during the annual conferences. The European Interdependent Superlative Foundation has last year a very interesting, for me, unexpected uh, large number of patient representatives in a special session. Uh, it is just a start. How do you think that this cooperation between a physician, specialized physicians, and patient representatives can improve? It, it already has improved a lot, but it's always, I think it's difficult for us as patients uh, with the time because we want to spend our time on the patients and with the patient to, to give them the support they, meet, they want and they need. We also want to make awareness campaigns and we also want to cooperate with the professionals. All these parts are important parts of, um, of patient advocacy. Uh, and the, the cooperation with professionals uh, really supports our work in a lot of ways. I think in a disease that is difficult to treat and where the treatment options are poor or have been poor, it's, it's important to, uh, to provide the knowledge about the, the possibilities there are because patients find their own ways. If they've gone to the physician too many times and not gotten any help, they try to find their own help uh, through all kinds of alternatives that we know very well that most of it is really useful and just expensive for the patient. So it's important that we get the knowledge and the contact that actually makes it possible for us as patients to provide knowledge to other patients about the, the possibilities there are. Um, so that's one very important thing. And then I think the other way around, it's also important that physicians listen to patients and listen to our experience. Uh, one example is uh, we know there is a correlation between HS and weight and smoking. And very often patients are met at their first visit to the physician uh, or the dermatologist. They are met with a request to lose weight and stop smoking. A lot of us don't smoke and some are not even, a lot are not even overweight, but that's what we're usually met with. But if that's the, if you've been walking so long alone and, and really the, the first thing when you meet someone who knows what it is you have, you're blamed for your disease instead of getting the help. So it's very important that we talk to each other so that dermatologists also understand that they shouldn't start out with requesting the patient to do something herself. I'm sure people who are overweight have tried to lose weight and people, the most people who smoke have tried to, to cease smoking. But it's very difficult even for people who don't have HS. So it's very important to support the patient and try to help before you make any requests. And this is the kind of questions that we can always discuss between patients and physicians. This is a very important issue, and I think this is one of the most important fields where we can cooperate to make a kind of strategy between physicians and patients, patients and physicians, how to approach a patient who comes for the first, pain, first time in the department. So don't make the patient immediately responsible for his disease, because he will be then, of course, offensive, and uh, then the, trans, uh, the, the trust between patient and physician get destroyed immediately, and this is not good for the patient, but also not good for the physician. So thank you very much for this very important point. Uh, of course, at the end of the cooperation of a patient and the physician, a physician and the patient is a treatment. Uh, 
as we all know, there is a lot of development there, but still we don't have too many means. We have a few. And the industry understood the point and develops a new, a great number of new compounds. 115 clinical studies are ongoing. Actually, Intervadenide Superativa is the field dermatology, maybe together with atopic dermatitis, with the highest scientific activity at the moment. The question is, however, how to approach the industry from the side of the patient in order to promote the right way. How can we influence the industry without occurring and uh, being confronted with legal issues uh, to make the industry understand that our first here patients, but also physician role is important in the final decisions. How would you approach this issue from the patient side? Yes, that's always a challenge, I know. We cooperate with industry in two ways. One way is they support our campaigns and the work we do. We make um, information materials, videos. Uh, we make social media campaigns, awareness campaigns, and we have uh, information meetings and so on. And when we work Together around these activities, it's important that the initiative always comes from the patient community, the association, so that it's not industry that approaches us with their ideas, but us that approach industry with our ideas so that we lead the work and they support what we do. So they, they are not in charge of what is happening there. And of course, industry has an interest in increasing disease awareness. We do too, and we want um, information out there. So that's one very important uh, issue. And then when it comes to, to uh, clinical studies and so on, it's, it will always be initi initiated by industry, but it's... Uh, it's very valuable for industry and it is for patients too that we contribute to understanding what patients are going through uh, when, uh, when they are designing clinical studies and, and uh, trials for, for new uh, medicines or new treatments. Um, so um, we, can, we can always... But it, 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 is, it is very important that, that uh, industry is aware that the patient is not enrolled in the industry's uh, agenda. So we always add our own perspective and tell about what it's like to live with this disease and what our preferences are. Um, I have very good experience with several different country, uh, companies uh, in this field. But it is important that they are aware they don't put us in a situation where we can't be. So it's very much on the industry to, to, to be responsible for how we cooperate. The sensitivity also from the other side. For us physicians, it's also very important that our patients are informed. Because when we propose a clinical study, it's much easier if the patient understands the target uh, than thinking that uh, this is not for him or her important. Uh, patients who are informed understand from the very beginning how important it is for the patient's community to develop new compounds. And for us physicians, it's much easier to inform the patient and leave them have an informed decision and not, on decis or not a decision because of the internet or fears that could occur and they are not uh, reasonable. So I think this is a very important issue. Informed patients, cooperation of the industry of the patients, that the patients are continuously informed. 
let's say, influence of the patients on the industry, because at the end of the day, it is the patient that counts. And this facilitates our work, supporting the patient work to improve clinical studies. Now, another point is um, you make such a wonderful work, how people can approach you and what you expect from new members. Yes, it's, it's, it is, as I said, it's always a challenge and, and it is always a challenge to organize people who are sick. Uh, and we really, even at our own board, we, we have all be, have had the sick leave, all the people on the board have had sick leave from the board uh, in Paris. I have too, because I was uh, too bad to participate in the work. So it's it's always uh, difficult to to work that way, but we want the cooperation. And uh, even even though we are quite picky with what we engage in, uh, because our time is so limited, uh, we want we want to support the development. And I think industry can almost not involve patient views too early in their planning. Uh, it's very important that you understand the disease and the life of the patient. Uh, before you start out working with it. And then I'd say the, the written material we made is a very good start for everyone. I think uh, the knowledge about HS uh, folder brochure is a good introduction for anyone who works with this because there is so much knowledge about the disease, about treatments, about how it impacts patients' life and it, what it's like to live with patients uh, with, with HS and and how it uh, how it impacts your life all over. So start there and uh, and then seek cooperation. There are associations in several countries now, and we are really trying to establish some uh, some international collaboration. But it's difficult when everyone is so low in resources. This one issue, the other issue, unfortunately, in Europe is the language barrier. But as you said, there are national uh, societies and for sure the representatives in international level speak one language, probably mostly English, so that the uh, colleagues can communicate to the patients and the patients between themselves in the sessions. We discussed a lot of things. Uh, before I come to my last question to you, I would like to ask you to make questions to me. What you would like from... Uh, the European Hydradenite Supradio Foundation and the ADV. Uh, we are very close to cooperation. You know that the European Hydradenite Supradio Foundation is supporting member of the ADV, and the ADV supports us in our activities. So a very mutual cooperation. What do you expect from us uh, on the interest of, in the interest of the patients? Actually, um, one of the, the most important things that you as professionals can do is that you connect us patients because it's so difficult to find other people with the hydrodenitis operativa. As I said, it's a hidden disease. Um, it's it's almost not possible to create an association in a country if you don't have some dermatologists that actually support you your work in connecting patients. And in the same way, because we're so low in resources, all of us, it's important that you support uh, that we actually get a chance to meet each other and that to support uh, the organization around patients. I think it will it will help everyone when patients get better organized so you don't have to just find someone in your practice or in your clinic to talk to, but you can actually have 
an organization where people talk to other patients. We talk to a lot of uh, different patients, so we have a general view of what is the problems people experience, not just our personal um, experience. So I think helping connect patients uh, inside each country and across borders is one of the most important things that you can do for us. And then, of course, help us get more knowledge help us uh, provide information for, for patients. It's very encouraging that we know so many people are doing research in our, in our disease. When I was 17, I said to my mom, I won't have any kids because this disease is not treatable. I didn't know, even know it had a time, a, a name at that time. Um, and she said, well, they've solved that before you get children. They didn't. Uh, and and as I said to my mom when I was 17, they don't even do any research in it. They do now. And it's so encouraging for all of us to know that there's someone who's interested professionally it was in what it actually is that we suffer from and to help us. Thank you very much because I have to admit that we were very lucky uh, to be a group of uh, dedicated physicians, at the beginning very few, but we became friends and there is no competition. We one support the other. And I think this is what we communicate at the moment in the different sessions, in the ADV, in the uh, HSF. Uh, also this year during the academy, actually the Dranenit Suprativa sessions were the most visited ones, since that the physicians, even the non-specialists are very interested. But I think it's also exactly what you said, this good cooperation between the physicians and of the physicians with the patients, the feeling of the community that we are together, everybody takes a responsibility, makes this field unique. And what I can promise you from our side is that we continue to be like that. <laughs> we don't have to separate things. We can only uh, have improvement if we work together, physicians and physicians with patients for sure. Let's see in the future from both of us. So, Mrs. Williamson, what is your vision for the future of patient advocacy in HS? Actually, what I wish the most is that it wasn't necessary at all. That's really, that, and it always puzzles people when I say it, but um, I really never wished to have the role I have. I've taken it because it's necessary and because I know I can make a difference for real people out there. But how much wouldn't I wish that it wasn't necessary at all to make any advocacy because it was just um, easy to get to diagnose, it was easy to get to treatment, and people didn't suffer the way they do at, actually at the moment. We have a diagnose lag still of about seven years as an average in HS. I still meet people who have been who have had it for decades and it's ruined their life, and they still haven't got the, a proper diagnosis and they still don't get treatment because their GP won't send them to the dermatologist or whatever is the reason as someone thinks they should try just another treatment before they send them the right way. So that is really my vision to, uh, to get a shorter uh, diagnosis lag and to get people the right way. So we want, we want people to know about, it, about HS and we want treatments to be we want, we want more different patient, different treatments. We know that there's no treatment that works for everyone. So the more we have, the more choices, opportunities there are 
for mild HS and for severe HS. We know that mild HS may be may impact people's lives uh, in a severe way as well. So all kinds of treatments are very, very welcome and all kinds of cooperation is very, very welcome. This is probably one field that joined us. Neither myself wanted to take this responsibility, but having the patients in front of me, in the old times, uh, every physician was lucky if the patient did not come back because we could not offer anything. And several of us even would not understood, uh, understand what is going on. And uh, if I compare these times, beginning of the 21st century and now, 20 years later, I also feel very lucky to have patients like you who know and support us. I feel very lucky to be a part of a huge community of colleagues who understand and try to understand better. A lot of science is going on, both on the laboratories, but also clinical science. And if I put also with, <laughs> first to you patients, uh, we would like you to be more informed and be an active part in clinical studies, support us. We don't want to convince you. We want that you convince mm. us. <laughs> and, the other, <laughs> and the other issue is the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, we are a different community, I dare say. Uh, we are very dedicated patients and physicians, and we want to be from the very beginning parts of clinical protocols because we understand you and us much better the disease, and they have a drug. So if we cooperate together, we make better protocols leading to better results. And it would be a pity to have possibly functioning drugs that do not succeed because the protocol was not proper. And we think that we can support very much to make the protocols more proper and to make them in a manner that also correspond to real world data so that patients in their majority can be included and not be separated or excluded because of very strict exclusion criteria which does not fit to our ways and the ways of the patients. So I see a world like you see the world where you and us work together with the industry on a very legal and a very objective manner, but making protocols that correspond to the majority of the patients, trying to develop more and more active compounds to support quick and successful treatments. Yeah. One of the favorite things I say about uh, treatment is that if the patient does not experience an improvement from a treatment, there is no effect. It is actually for the good of the patient that you treat. So if the patient doesn't feel a difference, there is no difference. Yeah. Thank you very much. This was the best last word. So I would like to close our webcam today, uh, it was uh, Ms. Bende Willumsen, the president of the self-ed group from Denmark and one of the most active patients representatives in Europe. And I try to support her with questions. My name is Professor Christos Zubulis, and I'm the director of the Department of Dermatology in the South Germany and president of the European Hydra Supernatural Foundation. I hope that you found our contribution interesting and you learned, and we're looking forward for your support in the future. Have a nice day. We thank Ms. Willemsen and Professor Zubilis for sharing their experience on this very serious condition. The research discussed today can be found in the Journal of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venerology. Though you can find free access and open access articles, EADV members benefit greatly 
by having access to all articles and content. Links to the articles can be found in the summary to today's podcast. And of course, we would like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you follow us on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts to make sure you get the newest episodes delivered right to you. We appreciate you joining us and look forward to presenting more interviews, research, and other topics of merit. Until the next episode, take care of your skin.